0: The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set. Give yourself a hand or take two. They're small. Tiny, in fact, teeny tiny, they're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin.
0: Broadcasting from Resistance headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never surrender. This is the Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. tell me to go f myself, and I'm supposed to apologize. Yeah. You break my window. And I'm supposed to. The apologize? Helsinki job was mine. The Helsinki job was not yours. If it was yours, you'd be in Helsinki. Alan Wolf stood in
2: Alan the office. Alan Wolf of
1: is no longer. Yeah, the it was on the Wolf
0: is no longer the director of European operations. He does not make those appointments. I do. promises were made. Not by me. I've been with the company for 24 years. I was posted in Greece for 15. Papandreou wins that election if I don't help the junta, take him prisoner. I've advised and armed the Hellenic Army. I've neutralized champions of communism. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish, which should come in handy here in Virginia. And I'm never, ever sick at sea. So I want to know why I'm not going to be your Helsinki station chief. Your course. Excuse me. For Helsinki, I need someone with diplomatic skills. You don't have them. Is that right? That is right, and I don't know why the hell I didn't fire you when you broke my f***ing window. Oh, yes, sure you do, Cravely. Look, Gus. Yeah, you f***ing Roger's fiancé, and you know I know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Yeah, yeah, you're dignifying her in the ass at the Jefferson Hotel, room 1210. But let me ask you, the 3,000 agents Turner fired. fire. Was that because they lacked diplomatic skills as well? You're referring to Admiral Stansfield Turner? Yeah, the 3,000 agents teaching every goddamn one of them first or second generation Americans. Was that because they lacked the proper diplomatic skills? Or did Turner not think it was a good idea to have spies who could speak the same language as the people they're fucking spying on? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but you can hardly blame the director for questioning the loyalty to America of people that are just barely Americans in the first place. Yeah, well, I'd like to take a moment to review the several ways in which you're a douchebag. Get the f*** out of my office. Yes, sir. Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show. Presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: It is Tuesday, March 21, 2017. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by Bubblegenius.com. I am Bob, and we're brought to you by the best soap in the world. It's bubblegenius.com. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and Attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you need free legal advice, head over to the BowenLawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez, or just click the link of the podcast page. And I know I'm being lazy by not changing the name of the, you know, the Bob and Chez thing at the end of the Bowen Law Group, and at the end of Bubble Genius, and stuff. I'm working on it. <laughs> What do you want from me, anyway? All right. Uh, God, you know, we, uh, we're we starting the show way late. I apologize for getting the, the show out there late. We're like two hours late today because, I, I don't know, it's just one of those days where nothing works. Technology just hates me today. I can't get Skype to work. I can't get our, our other new Skype alternative thing to work. Nothing's
0: working!
1: So, finally, I think, I think we're all set to go. So, we need to, yeah... I know, I know, we have a guest today. We gotta bring in our guest, David Ferguson is here. T-Rex! Hey, yeah, hang on, I got your music here playing. That's to be there he is. T-Rex, David Ferguson from Raw Story. How you doing? Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me? Please tell me you can hear me. Hello. Are you playing a joke on me? Uh,
2: there, there you are. You fuzzed out on me.
1: Okay. Well, it's, you know what it is? It's the music playing. It's, it's just Skype. It's just Skype. You know what? we got to figure mm. out. I, I, it, it works so well for so many weeks here, uh, connecting via Skype. And then we've got this other thing that's sort of like Skype, but way, way better. And I, I just can't get anything to work today. It's just one of those things. I think it's, I think Chez is haunting me. I think that's <laughs> what it is. I think oh, Chez gosh. has come back, and, and he's... Uh, He's uh, screwing with all of my technology. He's just like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crawl into Bob's computer and just turn everything off and then turn it on again and then turn it off again. And then nothing will work for him. <laughs> so I think, that, <laughs> I think that's the situation. But uh, we're here. I, I'm here. You're here. We're all here. Let's do the show. How about that?
2: <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> all right. Let's make this happen.
1: Um, so where do we begin? where do we start okay look first of all
2: oh you know what I have to do my usual disclaimer yeah hi I'm David Ferguson from Raw Story but I'm not appearing as a spokesman for Raw Story the views expressed herein do not express those of the editorial board at Raw Story and I'm not appearing as a Raw Story spokesman There you I'm go. here in my capacity as a public nuisance there <laughs> well that's good
1: now, yeah. that that's, uh, now that that's out of the way uh, where do we so let's start with Trump's uh, approval numbers fading fast. Uh, this is, I just start out with some good news. Maybe this will put me in a better mode because I'm just like, I'm ready to like spit nails.
2: I'm, I'm is ready- it, like 36, 37 right now.
1: I- I'm about ready to find, uh, yeah, he's at, let's see here. He was at 37, uh, two days ago, yesterday, 39 today, 39%. He's doing really well. So so much winning, but I think the real number here, the real number to keep an eye on, is the disapproval number, which two days ago, according to Gallup, and you know Gallup, Gallup seems to be a pretty serious. Uh, I think Gallup's going to stick around. What do you think?
2: They've got their bona fides in order yeah. as a polling organization.
1: So I, I think uh, Gallup shows Trump at 58% disapproval. That dropped down to 55, and today it's back up to 56. And I, I'm expecting this to stick in the upper 30s and maybe dip down lower, closer to 35 as we hear more and more about the, uh, the Russia thing, which is now blown wide open because not only have we had uh, almost a year's worth of reporting, and i think all of this started back what was it june july when when we first heard about uh russia interfering with the election
2: right around the beginning of the republican national convention if i recall correctly yeah yeah remember they dumped their campaign manager and right as soon as the convention was over they dumped manafort yeah they dumped
1: manafort and that was right after manafort made a deal uh with the russians along with carter page and they were meeting with uh uh, kislyak and I think that's how you say it, right? I think I'm getting that right. Kis- I've been saying Kislyak. I think it's Kislyak or something like that. Well, regardless, they, they made a deal with, with Kislyak about, uh, about NATO and everything. But if you actually rewind farther than that, as soon as Paul Manafort came on the campaign, which was almost about a year ago today, As soon as Mm -hmm. Paul Manafort came on to the campaign and began as, uh, because he, remember, he preceded, uh, I believe it was Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne Conway took over for Paul Manafort after the conventions and after some of the allegations about Russia came out, or maybe
2: not. I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly why Manafort was fired. It seems like this time last year, Corey Lewandowski was still the campaign manager, wasn't he? Oh, was it Lewandowski?
1: Well, someone, Bannon took over for, Lewandowski and Manafort were both replaced, and in came Bannon and Kellyanne Conway. And I know Kellyanne Conway was the campaign manager, and I'm not sure whether who specifically she replaced, but the bottom line is that as soon as Paul Manafort came on, onto the Donald Trump campaign, almost to the day he started uh, bashing NATO it's just right. it's it's uncanny Rachel Maddow covered this uh, I believe it was last night Maybe it might have been the night before but I think it was last night about how <laughs> Paul Manafort came on the campaign and immediately Donald Trump suddenly hated NATO for the first time in his entire life started busting on NATO and all of this nonsense about how NATO needs to pay its fair share which is doesn't make any sense whatsoever it's like it's like a little well, kid. It's, pretty
2: it's like, clear that he doesn't understand anything about NATO or how it works. Well,
1: Donald Trump doesn't understand words. I mean, words basically, <laughs> basically are meaningless to him. He just says words that he thinks all sound good together and makes everything he's doing sound wonderful, very, very tremendous, very, very terrific. And uh, but but the words themselves in the real world mean absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, uh, you know, that takes us to uh, his latest stupid tweets. And, and one of the things that was astonishing to me is that uh, he referred to himself as POTUS when talking about Russia. But he was referring to himself, in the, obviously, in the third person. So <clears throat> yesterday he had this series of tweets that came out. And this was during... The Comey hearings, and that's, that's the big news. That's where we got to get into that. But as right. the Comey and uh, Mike Rogers hearing was, was taking place yesterday up on the Hill, uh, Donald Trump tweets, James Clapper and others stated that there is no evidence POTUS colluded with Russia. This story is fake news and everyone knows it. That seems like a weird sentence for Donald Trump to write. James Clapper and others stated that there is no evidence POTUS colluded with Russia. And then I found out that it was actually it was sent that tweet was sent from an iPhone which indicates that that tweet was sent by one of his staffers. So usually right. and I don't know if you've noticed this David be, you can usually tell who's tweeting just by the content. Usually the usually the normal sort of I for lack of a better phrase more presidential tweets like the oh thank you to Kentucky for kissing my ass and licking my uh, my b- last night oh
2: thank you for that (laughs) so those
1: tweets will come from a staffer but usually the uh angry old man watching fox news channel tweets that those come from donald trump but now it looks like maybe donald trump's uh more incendiary tweets his typically donald trumpian tweets can also become they've got someone basically uh masquerading as him He's basically got a ghostwriter, even for his m- more ridiculous, you It's know.
2: probably a bot. It's just another one of the Russian bots, like the millions of Russian bots or thousands of Russian bots that retweet Breitbart stories. That's right. You know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just like a random word combiner that just spits out <laughs> phrases. I mean, it really, it would do a better job, actually, I think. And I've seen some pretty advanced uh, tweet analysis in terms of like proper use of M dashes and things. You can really tell like which ones are his and which ones are not. Yeah, I personally am not a a scholar of the Trump tweet ideology science. Can you enlighten me uh, any further?
1: I I mean, here's the thing. I mean, we know that there is another staffer or several staffers who also have access to his Twitter account. But usually he's the one who writes all of the bad stuff. Um, And then the staffers write the normal stuff, as I was saying before. But here it looks like he's got staffers writing his bad stuff, which means that we don't know exactly when it's him. But you know what? Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of a parlor game to kind of guess who. Is actually tweeting on his account. The fact of the matter is, is that he's responsible for all of it. As long as it's going up uh, under his name, uh, whether it's the real Donald Trump account or whether it's the POTUS account, it's usually it's we we have to hold him responsible for all of that stuff. Right And uh, and so I don't know. I, obviously, it's informative to find out what he's actually saying and what he's not actually saying personally. But at the same time, it doesn't matter because he's, you know, this is in, in his name and the buck stops with, with him, even though he chooses not to allow that to happen.
2: Even though he does he, the buck stops with everyone else except him. Well, you know, and it's so chaotic. but it just, mirror, just mirrors the chaos we're hearing about from inside the White House. Mm-hmm. I mean, and some people say, you know, would say this is like a Russian-style disinformation campaign where we can't really tell like what's true, what's false, and he contradicts his own spokespeople. And there's no ideological continuity. Mm -hmm. I think he's just kind of out of control, overloaded, like ten-year-old who really just doesn't know what he believes from one hour to the next, which is kind of it's alarming, but it also like it makes it seem less.
1: I don't know. Was it, <laughs> no, it's like you were saying. It was like you were saying the last time you were on the show. I mean, he he exists in the eternal now, and that's eternal just, now. I, yeah. I think that's that's very much the case, and and it's it's dangerous because he doesn't know what what he just did, or nor does he care what happens in the future. He's just he's existing for the moment, which is why he you know we'll sit there and watch Fox and Friends and then tweet about it, but you know it doesn't help him at all and maybe it explains why his politics are so terrible his political instincts are just nightmarish at least for him for the rest of us it's great because we can we can kind of watch him screw up left and right because he doesn't understand politics he doesn't understand diplomacy he doesn't understand anything including words so yeah as a result he's just he, it's he's walking right into his own propeller he's walking into his own <laughs> problems he's swinging who was it today it who reminds
2: wrote? me though. it reminds me of the the snl sketch with the thought out caveman lawyer do you remember him oh yeah
1: yeah exactly i'm just a caveman i don't understand your technology i was unfrozen in, in a
2: you know, it's just, you know, it's always so convenient that he can't remember this or he didn't, you know, wasn't responsible for that. But it always seems to always serve his own purposes. Yeah. Yeah. But people are like, but people, you know, the question is, like, is he smart? And people used to ask me this about Courtney Love because, you know, I was a research assistant on a biography of Courtney Love. And I was on the road with Lollapalooza for a couple of weeks in the summer. Ninety five it's a long story. Wow. And I'm like, is she smart? I'm like, no, she's like a virus. She's sort of just cunning. <laughs> You know, like you just like grab on, replicate, destroy, grab, replicate, (laughs) destroy. And I just, I feel like that's more of the kind of smart that Trump is. Like cockroach brain is just like a ganglion that reacts (laughs) and doesn't really, you know. And so, I mean, he's... (laughs) uh,
1: yep 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 well i mean this is why it makes uh the, the russia story so entertaining to watch because he's constantly reinforcing things that he doesn't intend to reinforce like the right. just like the leaks are real but the reporting is fake and all of these things so it's just uh he just keeps he keeps stepping right into his own problems and i you know sometimes i think about this i wonder what this would all be like if he wasn't so incompetent at everything and it's almost actually in a weird Way it's almost a good thing that he's so incompetent because he just telegraphs everything that he's doing wrong, and we just know it and
2: we see it. In a way, it's it's comforting that when fascism did come to America, it was this completely incompetent. And you know, if you're going to be an authoritarian, if you're going to be a totalitarian, you've got to sweat the details. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can say a lot of bad things about the Nazis, but they were very organized (laughs) people. You know, like yeah, (laughs) like I mean, you can't like run this kind of like you know try to control the media and do these sort of clamp down things when you're not willing to stay in your office all weekend <laughs> you yep. gotta go to so i mean it's like yeah thank jesus that my enemies what's that prayer i think voltaire said it like you know i said one prayer in my life and it was a short one please god make my enemies ridiculous <laughs> and, <laughs> that's so appropriate and the, it works yeah. you know so but uh,
1: well, I mean, along those lines, um, it's very possible that uh, that Paul Ryan. I here's. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm guessing that Paul Ryan might actually be compromised. I mean, I'm talking by the Russians. I I think that uh, Paul Ryan. They've got some sort of dirt on Paul Ryan that they're just dangling over his head. Whether it's a Russian compromat or or something that the uh, the Trump White House has, because. <laughs> after everything that went on yesterday i mean just one of those days in history that that people you know 100 years from now are going to be writing about kids are going to be writing uh term papers that include mentions of of everything that happened with uh james comey and mike rogers in the uh, house intelligence committee hearings yesterday despite all of that paul ryan said that we didn't learn anything new from the comey hearing yesterday (laughs) How on earth do you reach that conclusion unless you're just desperate to cover everything up? We're talking about not just
2: the same talking point they were running with on Fox and Friends this morning. I don't know if you watched Kellyanne Conway's interview, which, I mean, Fox and Friends is always fascinating to me. It's sort of the like the, the colorful, chirpy face of fascism. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, 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 it's Trump's so pro- North Korean and They're like, you know, it was the same. You know, we didn't learn anything new, is the talking point. Yeah. And, you know, that's what they handed to Paul Ryan, and that's what he ran with because he doesn't really care what happens as long as he gets to starve some old people. Um, (laughs) Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's bonkers. I, I look at, you know, I just, I I think some people, they look at Paul Ryan and they, they see like this thoughtful wonk, mm-hmm. like because he could wrinkle up his forehead when he wants to look like he's listening. But I mean, he really, there's nothing there. The guy is yeah. like, I mean, there's, I would call him a cipher, but that's like two letters too many. Like yeah. he just, he's, uh, well, yeah, you have, there's a big faction of
1: Republicans in the House of Representatives, especially, and they all, um, they're all basically run-of-the-mill Republicans that have no special ideas no insight no particular amount of charisma and Donald and, and not Donald Trump but but Paul Ryan is at the top of the heap among those sort of wonderbread types who are just big nothings you know the mayonnaise wonderbread Republicans who don't really have there, there's no spark there there's no zing to Paul Ryan and as much as he tries to push that out there, I think he's uh, I think he's just considered to be this uh, this turnkey for whoever I you know, it's a, one of the reasons why he's speaker of the House is because the Freedom Caucus approved of him and they disapproved of John Boehner. And uh, and and so in in that regard, he's just there because he's he's easy to manipulate from from he's the a right. Holder
2: is what you're saying. Yeah,
1: he's a placeholder, but uh, but he's also easy to manipulate from the right because he's he's constantly going to support whatever the uh, the far right uh, faction of the the House Republican Caucus uh, actually has to say. He's just gonna just turn over for all of them. And, uh, yeah. and so, but in, in this case, I mean, to say, to, to understand what happened in those hearings yesterday, and to say, we learned nothing particularly new, that's nonsense, because for almost a year now, we've been hearing nothing but... Uh, reports about Russia and and uh, cooperation with uh, with the Trump campaign and and hacking and eavesdropping and all kinds of nefarious business connections between a, a, an ongoing list. I mean, there's got to be at least a dozen, if not two dozen, uh, members of the sort of the Trump inner circle who uh, who are dealing with Russia, and we learn nothing. And even after James Comey, for the first time ever, confirmed. Most of the reporting like the, that Russia is uh, Russia hacked the uh, hack, the DNC, they hacked John Podesta. They tried to interfere with the election process, not the not the election day itself, but certainly the process leading up to it. And then we found out uh, through James Comey that they're also investigating any cooperation between the Trump campaign and the Russians. And God, on top of all of that, good Lord, yesterday we found out uh, an additional layer to all this, certainly not through the hearings but as an additional layer through some of the reporting going on there are two big right-wing media outlets that are also being investigated for having ties to russia and being involved in this collusion on the hacking and the release of the the hacked documents and the news story surrounding that so god damn (laughs) there's so much going on and paul ryan doesn't know what the hell he's talking about
2: Okay. I, you know, I, I, if you can watch the whole like the Infowars mm. Breitbart bots in yeah. action. I mean, if you ever just like go to Twitter and you search keywords for certain times of day or certain things mm. that happen in the news cycle, and you'll just see them. They all publish simultaneously, and there are thousands yeah. of them. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just like way. And they all publish. You know, that someone set a timer somewhere and said, "Publish this Breitbart link at, You know, four or five <laughs> p.m. on Thursday. And it's just waves. Well, I mean, wait, wait,
1: wait till you hear this story, David. I'm going to do we're going to talk about Blue Apron here. But wait till you hear this story I'm about to talk about, because I'm so glad you brought that up, because it's actually part of the story I'm about to talk about with regard to these uh, right wing media outlets. But first, let's talk about food. I, you know, I I, just sitting here dealing with all these technical problems. Just, I want to do is uh, I want to stop and I want to eat lunch or. Get ready for dinner and do something to end the day. Because <laughs> we have so many technical problems. This is like, oh, when is the day over? And when my day's over, I'm going to settle in with uh, the latest box of treats from uh, from BlueApron.com. I love this place. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and in recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. That's in, That includes me and you. Uh, it achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Here's what's on the menu coming up: salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli, pork chops and miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple, vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla chips. I I, I can't wait for that one. I'm just I'm dying for that one to come in. I think i I think I'm getting that one later in the week. Spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. Oh, my God. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to BlueApron.com B-O-B-C. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's BlueApron.com slash B-O-B-C. Blue Apron, a better way to cook.
0: Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back
1: to our Tuesday show. We're just still dealing with technical problems here. What can I say? Okay, so there's the story. We were just talking about this before the break. Um, <laughs> I was really thrilled to see this come down on Twitter late last night. It's like the last thing I did before I went to bed is check Twitter, which is what I'm doing. Uh, it's just, I, I got to stop doing it. <laughs> i got to stop looking at Donald Trump's tweets right before I go to bed. It's probably bad news for my mental health. But regardless, it turns out that (laughs) Infowars and Breitbart are being investigated for ties to Russia. Now, David, this is this was I saw this actually on Raw Story, but this is a McClatchy story. So this is not. This is not fake news. We're not talking about something that it might be real, but is most likely fakeness and nothing that's it's almost too good to be true, isn't it? But it actually is. I mean, does it surprise you, though, really? No, not at all. Not in the slightest. Here's the the story. This is, uh, again, from McClatchy. Federal investigators are examining whether far-right news sites played any role last year in a Russia cyber operation that dramatically widened the reach of news stories, some fictional, that forced Donald Trump's presidential bid, uh, uh, that favored Donald Trump's presidential bid. Two people familiar with the inquiry say, operatives for Russia appear to have strategically timed the computer commands known as bots, this goes to what you were saying before, to blitz social media with links to the pro Trump stories at times when the billionaire businessman was on the defensive in his race against Democrat Hillary Clinton, these sources said so in other words, if Donald Trump is doing poorly, these these bots fan out and blitz into social media links to all of these. Uh, These stories from places like Breitbart and Infowars, the bots and products were largely millions of Twitter and Facebook posts carrying links to stories on conservative internet sites such as Breitbart News and Infowars, as well as on the Kremlin backed RT News and Sputnik News, the sources said some of the stories were false or mixed fact and fiction said the sources who spoke on condition of anonymity because the bot attacks are part of an FBI-led investigation into a multifaceted Russian operation to influence last year's election.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, well, wheels Here, within wheels, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's, here's the problem. I mean, again, <laughs> I mean, how can you not look at this from 30,000 feet and go, Jesus Christ, how, is, how are these people still at large? How is Donald Trump still at large? How is Roger Stone, Carter Page, Paul Manafort, Jeff Sessions? I mean, they're never going to... I mean, Rex Tillerson, for God's sake. Rex Tillerson, who, by the way, uh, we learned in the last 24 hours, uh, is apparently skipping a, uh, a big meeting uh, about NATO in, uh, in Europe in order to travel to Russia. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, they're not even trying to hide this crap. They're not even trying to say, Hey, look, you know, we don't, uh, we're not dealing with Russia This is the status quo as far as uh, American foreign policy and when it comes to Russia. But it's none of that. They're just they're plowing forward with all of their collusion. Here's a story. This is an exclusive for uh, Reuters, US Secretary of State Rex Tillerson plans to skip a meeting with NATO foreign ministers next month in order to stay home for a visit by China's president, and he'll go to Russia later in April, U.S. officials said on Monday, disclosing an itinerary that allies may see as giving Moscow priority over them. tillerson and Macy. In- <laughs> tillerson intends to miss what would have been his first meeting of the 28 nato allies on april 5th through 6th in brussels so that he can attend president donald trump's expected april 6th through 7th talks with chinese president z at trump's <laughs> mar-a-lago resort in florida for four current and former u.s officials said skipping the NATO meeting and visiting Moscow could risk feeding a perception that Trump may be putting us dealings with big powers first, while leaving waiting those uh, smaller nations that depend on Washington for security to former US officials said, this guy when he's not taking a nap, he's he's clearly helping his buddies in uh, in Russia.
2: And, uh, What's insane is, you know, my dad is uh you know was in the Air Force and spent the eighty and we you know as a college professor and his whole specialization was Cold War nuclear deployment politics. And he was a Republican all my life, right up until the George Bush administration. But like to see the Russians mm-hmm. and the yeah it's like the Republicans like making excuses and carrying water for the Russians it's just yeah it's unbelievable it's like hit me in the face with a shovel like is this really happening how did this I mean but I mean it just goes to show you like how far the like the Politics of like resentment and fear will take you in this country to the point that you're willing to get in bed with the Russians to keep Hillary Clinton out of office oh yeah,
1: it's totally they're putting uh they're putting party over nation there's no doubt about that, and uh
2: you could never ever 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 be too cynical when it comes to the modern republican party you can never i mean just never ever ever think that the worst you think is the worst that it could be because it's always going to be i mean every time you think that the Republican party hits bottom, they open a trap door, yeah that's right, you know, and they're riding this all the way. So the bank, they're going to – like I said this, is, you know, they can advance their privatization agenda on education. They've crippled the State Department, which is insane to me. Yeah. Like what kind of government like, cripples their own State Department? But it's like opening an observatory and then smashing all the telescopes. Like, <laughs> right. It, like wh- what do you uh, – Yeah, well that – I, I mean, I really, But we really need to zero in on what Adam Schiff was talking about on yesterday about the, you know, the corporate – like what actually – the business deal – Like, what we believe possibly Trump got in exchange for, you know, the documents and the, you know, allowing them to push into our election was the 19.5% share of Rosneft, the gas company that changed Mm -hmm. hands in there somewhere. And that we believe that Manafort engineered the deal and that um, Carter Page was the sort of broker, got a brokerage fee. Right. You know, and that, you know, this is. A massive amount of wealth a huge amount of wealth because I mean, you know russia's main like energy export is natural gas these days since the oil market is depressed yeah um so i mean i you know, we and i think that may be what i mean i don't know if you saw diane feinstein over the weekend you know they were saying she was like the people were like how do we get trump out of office and she was like i think he's gonna get himself out but you know so it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought that was pretty revealing wasn't it
2: yeah but I mean that's what it's exactly what I said you know last time we were here together was I, I do think that he will step down and he's gonna give a big baby speech about how the media and the career bureaucrats ruined it for him uh and how he would have he did as much as a regular president would in four years in his six eight months that he served in office, yep you know, but um but, I mean, there's no – i mean you cannot underplay the significance of what happened yesterday with James Comey saying that we are in the middle of an FBI investigation of a sitting mm-hmm. president and possible ties to collusion with Russia. Yeah. And it's All like right. Schiff said. We have circumstantial evidence of collusion. We have criminal evidence, like specific evidence of an effort to hide yeah. – you know, of, of a cover-up. Um. So
1: yeah, I mean, it, it seems to me as if I, I would have thought that you know, with the revelation that that uh, that James Comey confirmed yesterday in the House that that the, the the presses would stop that we'd be more alarmed by this generally, and it it just it's it still seems as as crazy as this all gets. It still seems like it's being downplayed like it's it's there's something that's not connecting that really should be connecting in this and it's i mean it really is and i think it partly has to do with the terms that are being used to describe what exactly happened and i honest to god believe that if we really started referring to this as an attack against the united states by russia which it actually is it's an invasion into our national sovereignty it's an invasion into our election process Uh, using illegal means using uh, uh, electronic means not using obviously bullets or bombs but certainly using information warfare uh and and it seems to me as if maybe it maybe because it's that and maybe it isn't because maybe because it's not spectacular like 9-11 or pearl harbor maybe that's why it hasn't really in a
2: way i mean our current media environment is i mean the the people who are The you know even the people who on like on CNN who are fairly rigorous fact checkers like Jake Tapper and those people who are doing a better job than they were doing during the election they're they're not equipped I mean they don't understand first of all they don't think they understand the urgency because none of them um you know wake up to overdraft notices like I did this morning Um, (laughs) that's not good no no. But, you know, let me share something with you. I have a meditation that I do when things like that happen. Mm. So, you know, it's very quick. We'll do it together. you ready? We're going to take a deep (laughs) breath into the nose. (laughs) Out through the mouth. (sighs) Do you like that smell? That's the smell of a largely Milo Yiannopoulos free world. (laughs) All right. Uh, Another break. Let's come back with more show. after. was going to talk
1: about. The, the 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 use of electronic technology to attack the United States and, and a bit of information that's going to blow your mind right after these words. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support The Bob and Chez Show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. You go shopping, we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra and it helps support the show. And if you run a small business and source your materials from Amazon, make sure to use the link for all your purchases. And don't forget to bookmark it. Thanks so much for supporting the show and our Amazon link.
0: Shove Bob Seska into your pants and haul him around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to The Bob Seska Show in the podcast section on iTunes.
1: Yep. Okay. God damn it. Go use the Amazon. Go shopping right now using our Amazon link. It's just, you know, it's it's very, very easy to find. As I was just saying just a second ago, go to bobseska.com just beneath the logo. You find the big ass, the big ass Amazon link right there. And just click on it, it takes you to the front page of Amazon. You just go shopping, go shopping all you want. And if you sign up for uh, Amazon Prime through one of the banners on our site, you can get a free 30 day trial of Amazon Prime. or You can get two, a free two day shipping, enjoy popular movies and TV episodes, plus unlimited music streaming, free unlimited photo storage, and 30 minute early access to select Amazon lightning deals. That's through the Amazon banner at the uh, podcast page. So go and do that. All right. So I got to get to this story. And this is something that also uh, Rachel Maddow covered again i think it was monday night or might have been uh yeah it was yeah certainly was monday night and uh this is this is just mind-blowing this actually goes back to a a david ignatius story in the uh in the washington post back in uh january this is kind of mind-blowing and when i again when i when i saw this on maddow last night i went oh my god i mean it's really it's literally breathtaking Here's the story. The headline is uh, Russia's Radical New Strategy for Information Warfare. Last February, a top Russian cyber official told a security conference in Moscow that Russia was working on new strategies for the quote-unquote information arena that would be equivalent to testing a nuclear bomb and would quote-unquote allow us to talk to the Americans as equals. Okay, the guy's name is Andrey Kritschik. I'm going to try to say that. Try to say that without using obscenities here. Andrei Krutschik, a senior for me. Yeah, I know. It's K-R-U-T-S-K-I-K-H. Krutschik. I I guess that's it. He's a senior uh, Kremlin advisor. He made the startling comments at the Russian uh, National Information Security Forum, or Info Forum 2016, held February 4th and 5th. This was last year. 2016. His remarks were transcribed by a Russian who attended the gathering and translated for David Ignatius by an independent European cyber expert. Critics comments are important because they may help explain the radical strategic doctrine that underlies Russia's hacking and attempted manipulation of the 2016 presidential campaign in America, as well as Russian political subversion in Europe. His title is this is the guy's actual title. Special representative of the president for international cooperation in the field of information security. The president, of course, would be Vladimir Putin, right, right. Senior Obama administration official described the as a senior level advisor to President Vladimir Putin and quote, a long standing player in cyber issues at the foreign ministry. The official said he couldn't confirm the details of Khrushchev's <laughs> remarks. <laughs> God damn! You know, see, that's the thing with this Russia story is uh, they throw a lot of curveballs on the names. According to notes of Khrushchev's speech, he told his Russian audience, "Quote, and this is this is the important, this is the key quote. You think we are living in 2016? No, we are living in 1948, and do you know why?" Because in 1949, the Soviet Union had its first atomic bomb test. And if and if that moment, the Soviet Union was trying to reach agreement with President Harry Truman to ban nuclear weapons, and the Americans were not taking us seriously. In 1949, everything changed, and they started talking to us on an equal footing. Um, and so, Okay, so bear in mind that he said this just over a year ago. So therefore he is referencing 20
2: 20- so now it's 1949 is what you're saying.
1: Yes, he's referencing 19, uh, 2017. The
2: this, and now we know it.
1: Yeah, well so so in 1949 the Soviets tested their first atomic bomb. And we knew that for a fact and and Harry Truman gave a speech about that publicly and everything. So it was it became major major news and scared the shit out of everyone from coast to coast. So what Krutskik is saying right now is that 2017 what is happening in 2017 is the equivalent of that first Soviet atomic bomb test, meaning from this point forward, the United States has to take Russia seriously on information warfare, on cyber issues. Now, what could that be? Hmm, I don't know. Could it be the entire hijacking and installation the hijacking of the election and the installation of Donald Trump? Probably. Probably well, there's
2: the, the, the Cambridge information group. Is that what they're called? Cambridge Informata, I think is their yeah, fancy yeah, yeah. name. Partly owned by the, the Mercer, the mega donor father and daughter team, the Mercers and, and Steve Bannon. Mm-hmm. They were also like involved in manipulating people's social media feeds and like helping drive them to different conclusions. And, you know, it's, it yep. was a pretty, you know, when you stand back and look at it, it's a multi-pronged, very sophisticated you know, years long plan to take advantage of a huge vulnerability in the American system, which is the incredibly credulous Republican voter who's willing to believe anything bad about Barack Obama. And Absolutely. Hillary Clinton. Right,
1: right. And, and I think the major coup that they were and, and coup and not necessarily the literal sense, but also maybe in the literal sense, I think the real coup, no, here, it's literal, it's literal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think but their wh-
2: feud is in the White House. Now it was an intended, an, an attack intended to Push the election in Donald Trump's favor, which is another thing that, I mean, Comey came out right and said yesterday that it's huge. You know, they say that the Russians got their guy into office.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and here's the thing. This is the real feather in Russia's cap. They were able to get Donald Trump in office. This is basically like Russia setting out. It's like Vladimir Putin setting out. Here's what we want to do. We want to completely upend the Americans' view of their own uh, democracy. We want to completely undermine uh, America's electoral system and make like zero people have any faith in uh, in the veracity of their elections. So how do we do that? Let's see. Can we get can we appoint a car? can we appoint can we get SpongeBob in there as president or
2: <laughs> what's Polly Shore doing these days?
1: Homer Simpson, Polly Shore. Can we get one of the Vanderpump Rules kids in there? Maybe one of those guys.
2: This was, oh I, mean, I know there is, okay, but there is one thing that Donald Trump is good at, and it's not real estate development. Obviously, it's not casinos. It's not business. It's television. You yeah. know, he was good at season one and two of The Apprentice. And, you know, I think somebody looked at that and we're like, we can work with this. Maybe, you know? Abby, but there's also the thing of like, who's the most
1: ludicrous choice for president? And maybe it's Donald Trump. And wouldn't that be a show of, of Russia's uh, 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 cyber power to be able to get Donald Trump elected? I mean, that would be the most massive thing. That would be like the nuclear bomb. That would be like. Uh, we've got US this. Spot. media
2: help, though. I mean, they really well, yeah, but that,
1: that was the idea, though, because because I think any casual observer of what's happening or what's been happening in the United States over at least the last 20 years has been an undermining of of institutions and undermining of public faith and trust in uh, uh, elected leadership and in the press and so on and all points in between. And to know that there's that kind of vulnerability is easy to, uh, to therefore then e- exploit and say, okay, what we're going to do is we're just going to inject this stuff into the mainstream of the, the news. And we know that, uh, for example, the uh, traditional news media, especially cable news, is weighted heavily toward favoring the Republicans out of fear of being called, out of fear of being referred to as having a liberal media bias. Right. And, and so because the press is so inclined to give uh, someone like Donald Trump wide latitude, to give the Republican Party wide latitude because of 40 years of liberal media bias accusations, that makes the press entirely easy to manipulate. So what they're going to be looking for is they're going to be looking for dirt on the democrats to balance out all the dirt on the republicans and then they're going to weigh that dirt against the democrats more heavily than With they will against
2: them way down on this scale
1: exactly and so that's that's precisely what they have done The Russians have exploited that they've exploited the naivete of the of of people who watch cable news, who follow the the press and politics on a regular basis, especially on the right. And certainly there's a small pocket of uh, of people on the left who uh, bought into all this crap or uh, or haven't bought into it at all. There's a, a a wide range on the far left of people who are either are denying that Russia had anything to do with it, which is the the Glenn Greenwald crowd, the Intercept crowd, and then there's also people who are just uh, you know apologists for Russia, and that's sort of the Jill Stein crowd too. They say, well, they're they're okay. Why are you bothering with them? And uh, and so what that does is that shows all kind of discord, and and then you combine that with. Uh, disinformation campaigns, fake news injected into the bloodstream of the the internet, and then and social media, and then you have now we're learning about these bots that were are, are sent out and and they uh, automatically link on social media to all of these uh, s- stories that are pro Donald Trump or anti Hillary Clinton coming from Breitbart and Infowars. We we talk about Russia a lot. We talk about Russian intelligence. We talk about WikiLeaks and we talk about Guccifer. But what we fail to really understand in the process of all of this is it was the people, the American people who allowed this to happen. They allowed themselves to be manipulated and through the press and through social media. It was just a perfect storm. It was just a a it was fertile ground for all of this to occur. And I think the second tier story in all this once. We're done weeding out the, and, and, and figuring out the connection between the Trump campaign and and the oligarchs and Russian intelligence and and all of this stuff gets defined and, and we get past it. And, and who knows how long that's going to take. But the second story in all of this, and this is a very close second is how do we prevent this from happening again? And I'm not talking about necessarily, David, uh, 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 Russian interference or some other foreign power interfering in an election. I'm specifically talking about the American people who were so badly deceived. How do we prevent that level of deception from a citizenry point of view, from an informational point of view inside the United States? Something has to happen. Otherwise, this is just going to keep going and going and going.
2: Yeah. But I mean, like, how do you convince people to start eating broccoli and pinto beans again when they've convinced themselves they can live on Snickers bars and bacon? You know, I mean,
1: I mean, when when you have Vladimir Putin interfering with our our election in a major, major way and possibly a a president having to resign because of it it, and several people going to jail, you know, you would like to think that that would be some sort of wake up call. But I, I think you're right. (laughs) <laughs> i think
2: you're right it takes you know, they, a, it's I mean, take the, a lot the republicans already have their plausible deniability in place they yeah. can always say that you know we conservatism and, and republicanism didn't fail he failed conservatism and republicanism you know it's their it's yeah. their non and 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 uh, it drives me crazy because the media is always going to like cut them that piece of cake yep. and be like yep you're right you know here you go you but but and i understand that they have you know Well, this is part of my whole beef, you know, what I call coat and tie media. You turn on the TV to watch all this stuff. And even, I mean, it's 30 years ago. Like all the men have coats and ties. All the women have dresses with flowers on them or colors like flowers. There's hardly any black people and everybody's rich. I mean, it's bulletins from the country club. (laughs) Even from the good guys, quote unquote. Uh And so there's going to be this detachment from the actual outcome of the policies. Like these people don't actually have to sweat their health care. Um, and so how – I mean how do you convince people that what they're watching on Fox News is right-wing propaganda yep. and not actual news? It's a good question. Yeah, I, I, This actually brings me to a bone I have to pick with you, Bob Seska. OK, David um, Ferguson, what do you got? You got to stop coming down so hard on the red states because, we, I mean, the red states are only slightly more <laughs> Republican, especially like Georgia – Yeah. Uh, Then they are, and a lot of that is gerrymandering. I mean, a lot of parts of Georgia that are currently red would be blue under actual governance that hasn't been, you know, uh carved up according to Republican needs. We've been racist with there's a racist program of gerrymandering it and there are a lot of good people here in the South. Oh yeah. Well I mean, I mean that's true. I mean hereby officially inviting you down sometime, maybe for Athfest when we have our big music festival <laughs> in the early summer, you can come and see that there are lots of really cool people in the South and the, the problem is that we just got a bunch of rich, corrupt creeps that have gamed the system so that they have control of yeah. all the branches of government I mean we actually like in this survey I think in 2015 Georgia was the most corrupt of the 50 states uh, and that's beating Jesus. Scott Walker's Wisconsin you oh know my and God. so you know and all the stuff that was done in North Carolina a couple of years ago that had people out in the you know in the like, actually got what's his face McCrory out of office you mm. know all that was done in Georgia like eight years ago during the Bush years yeah but I hate Southern Republicans for what they've done to our political system and our economy, but, like, don't hate Southerners because there's a lot of really good people here and a lot of people that are disenfranchised by the system as it stands. And if we're going to, like, I mean, if you're going to, like, if you want to know how do we block this info. Like weapon kind of warfare, you have to start actually doing something in poor people's lives. Yeah. You know, it's like, why do we have guys that are out swinging hammers all day, making $35,000 a year, that listen to Rush Limbaugh all day, that just like hate liberals and hate Democrats and don't understand that like they are voting in their own economics, you know, against their own economic self interest because they're getting jerked around by their resentments. Yeah. You know, well,
1: uh, you know, I think part of it is that uh, I, I think there's a cynicism that's crept into certain circles, and I, I do want to add here, just real quick, that it's yeah, hashtag not all Southerners. Uh, you know, it was, but but the, swear, there are <laughs> yeah, but, but the, I mean, there there are enough that I think. Sometimes the generalization g- can apply, but it's certainly it's not, uh, you know, when I talk about, you know, Texas, I don't certainly don't mean the uh, the liberals who live in Austin or Houston or downtown Dallas or anything like that. I'm talking about, uh, you know, the more rural areas, but, you know, the are Cowboys and the in kickers,
2: Dallas yeah. and Waco the liberals in Denton. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like you can't just assume that. I mean, because part of <laughs> but, what but Hall- I mean, they're, they're like, so they're so few and far between, though, aren't they? no. I grew up in South South Georgia, you know, and there's always there's weirdos everywhere, and the South has a long tradition of eccentric weirdos. Yeah. I mean, we go, you know, the Tennessee Williams, Tree Capote, like the whole, uh, you know, li- Southern Gothic literature movement. Yeah. That's about to so fr- it's, and it's gotten like drowned out, you know, in the last. It's pretty much since Fox News has been kind of its thing. That well, like just that. You know, sure I mean, I.
1: I, I think it's I think it's more than clear that, you know, I'm talking about the Fox News people and, the you know, the people who are dedicated to that and the, the ones, you know, obviously the Southerners who dress like Larry, the cable guy. And I think we did talk about this before that, you know, it's really about it's not so much South South, like uh, according to the compass South. Uh, but there's a there's a prevailing attitude when you get far enough away from a city among rural white people or more rural white people. Uh, so it's in the exurbs and whatever you want to call that, that, you know, it's, it's just kind of uh, it's it's an, a level of ignorance. It's a level of uh, of cynicism. This was the, the point I was going to make before, and which it's is a, that-
2: it's it, to me, it's really it's a matter of exposure. Yeah, like, it's like and, that, and that's why conservatives hate college.
0: Right. because people go to college
2: and they meet the people they've been told are evil and terrifying all their lives and go, oh, that's just, you know, Omar. Yeah. <laughs> His family is from Pakistan. He's all really right. nice, you know? Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I,
1: I tell you what, I, I want to get into the cynicism, uh, cynicism thing real quick because I, we, we're late for a break. I'm going to take one last break and come back. and We're going to wrap up the show, all but right. I do want to talk about the cynicism thing because I think that's really important because I think it does spread out far beyond just, you know, s- Southern conservatives. More show right after these words.
0: The Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Okay, welcome back. So, I, you know, uh, I'm here with David Ferguson from uh, Raw Story, of course, and uh, I I think what's happened is, is there's been the cynic- cynicism that's c- sort of crept in and made people believe that politics shouldn't be necessarily taken seriously, that it's more like this sport that we argue about on Facebook, and it doesn't really have consequences in the real world and i think again this is something that has crept into uh the popular zeitgeist based on the attitude of the press i mean right now running on msnbc we've got a pair of commercials promoting msnbc one hosted by chris matthews the other hosted by chuck todd in which they're making the sports analogy i don't know if you've seen either of these uh david but there's one where chuck todd's talking comparing politics to basketball and i think uh At one point, Chris Matthews compares politics to uh, hockey or something like that. It's just like, no, politics is real. It affects real people and has real consequences. Sports have zero consequences.
2: Well, that's debatable, too, though. I mean... If you want to get me started on the, the Southeastern Conference and the parallels to slavery, we'll be here all day. So, <laughs> right Well again. I mean, but
1: actually, the, the outcome of a sporting, uh, some sporting competition is not going to have any impact whatsoever on the society around it other than, oh, we're sad the next day because our team lost. But beyond right. that, it's not like uh, if like the Cleveland Cavaliers lose, that uh, suddenly abortion's going to be banned in Ohio. <laughs> you right. know, it doesn't yeah. really have that kind of impact. But, but so I, I think a lot of people have begun to f- follow politics. But in order to digest it, in order to not internalize it too much and become depressed or angry, that they've um, they've stripped it of importance. And as a result, of, and this is something that's happened slowly. It's the, the frog slowly boiling in the pot of water um, over a, a course of, of decades, even now to the point where yeah you know what let's elect donald trump because it it's you know what what's the worst that can happen we get donald trump for four years
2: part of the problem is that liberals have got to stop kissing the mirror and we've got to understand that we do have to reach out in like sports metaphors we need better pr yeah really we need to be able to speak to people in language that they understand we need to go to places where they consume information um but and that's it's a problem because i mean you know the meryl streep speech that she gave at the oscars was great up until she started banging on you know mma fighting and and you just cuz like there you know people do enjoy sports
1: yeah <laughs> that's it's right. Not i mean a
2: bad thing uh you know, I get tired of sports metaphors because I was a teenage goth and didn't play sports. You know, mm. we could mix things into metaphors of collecting Bauhaus records and smoking clove cigarettes. Maybe I'd be into it. But, you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm not, I mean, I'm not necessarily busting on sports because certainly I've played my fair share of uh, athletic activities. The problem is that when you when you begin to devalue the impact of politics by comparing it to something, something that has no societal consequence necessarily, as far as you know the, the GDP and, that, and the stock market. And,
2: about you know, the whole like uh, Morning Joe world is just you know it's a table full of millionaires sitting around talking about it like it's you know the the preakness and yeah. not people's <laughs> actual like incomes right. and out, you know and life outcomes and life expectancy that's hanging in the balance exactly yeah and that, that's, that's, what, I mean, that's what makes me totally bonkers is when you start getting into like you know you look at what's happened in Texas since they closed all the women's health clinics the the, the maternal death rate. Has doubled. It's mm. one of the most dangerous places to have a baby in the world. Oh yeah, yeah, now. yeah. I mean, people are fleeing to Louisiana,
1: aren't they? I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people are fleeing to w- Louisiana to get abortions from
2: Texas. Really, that's, it's kind of like running from the fireplace to get to the radiator. I mean, it's- <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we got to uh, wrap up the free portion of today's show, and it literally took us like two hours to get the uh, technical problems ironed out, but we got through it, didn't we, David? Together. We we held hands and drove the car over the cliff. <laughs> All right, I uh, got the post-mortem show coming up next. You can sign up at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That still works. It's still patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. I, I think it will be for a while now. I just—I I honestly I can't br- bring myself to take Ches' uh, name off some of the things. So, uh, yeah, and If you sign up at the ten-dollar level, you'll get the post-mortem show. There'll be two of those every week, right, through Patreon. If you sign up at fifteen dollars, you also get a uh, commercial-free, unbleep version of uh, of this show. Or you could sign up, No, wait, at the ten-dollar level, you get—you also get the after-party at ten dollars a month. And right, if you just want the post-mortem shows, it's actually just $5 a month. See, it's Patreon, and I don't even get it. <laughs> it's just been one of those days. All right, we'll see you on Thursday, folks. Who's coming on Thursday? Oh, Buzz, Buzz Burbank from uh, the Realm Network and Buzz ba- Burbank News Comment, also from the Don and Mike Show. Buzz Burbank,
0: come up. boo-boo, sit. Good dog. <laughs>